listen to me one more time. I'm happy where I'm at right now. I'm going to angle towards what I think I want, but have faith that I'm gonna end up somewhere better. This is about humans dreaming together. About humans supporting each other on our journeys. It's about the science and the art behind making our dream lives a reality. To the students of life. The young and the curious. The dreamers and the doers. To those who crave to be a strong individual. And want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dreamology Podcast. Hello, my fellow dream chasers, entrepreneurs, and students of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Dreamology Podcast, where we are studying how to make our dream life a reality, how to find happiness, purpose, a life that we love, and much more. Today's guest is the most successful guest that I have interviewed uh, according to society standards, probably. David Meltzer. David Meltzer grew up broke. He ended up making hundreds of millions of dollars. He ended up losing it all and then he made it all back. And so through that whole process has a ton of stories to share. He is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing. He runs one of the top entrepreneur business podcasts in the world called The Playbook. He has written over three books and his mission is to empower over one billion people to be happy. And so this man really has been through a lot in his life and now has made it his mission to simply give back and to serve. And so this interview, we talk a lot about the journey of a young human being through life. And so where we start out is really talking about, you know, there's a lot of people in the world today who are kind of sitting in that middle ground. You know, he started off broke and he actually says how he's grateful for that because he knew what it was like to be at rock bottom. And so he wasn't afraid to go back there. Where a lot of us today, you know, I grew up in a pretty good area. A lot of people did. You have money, you have some supportive family. And you don't know what it's like to to go to the bottom. And you're scared of that risk because you don't wanna, you know, you don't wanna make things worse than they are right now in your life. You know, you know that maybe you could be better, that maybe your potential or your ceiling is a little bit higher, but you're scared to fall down, to take that risk in order to get the reward. And so we start talking there. We start about how do you make that jump and dive into trying to figure out the life that you want to live. And then from there, we talk about things such as how do we find happiness before success and how should we use metrics to judge our happiness and how well we think we're doing in life. And then to close it off, we say, okay, even though as a young student, Dave doesn't think that uh, money is the key to happiness, it is a big part of getting your journey started. So from there, we, we go into saying, okay, what are the biggest keys and the biggest uh, advice that he has on how to make money as a young person, or really as any person, the best way to make money. And so we dive into those things pretty in depth. Um, and I think it's really, you know, it's short. It was a 20 minute interview. So it was the first 20 minute interview that I've ever done. So it's short and sweet. Um, but I think we really pack a lot of value into this 20 minutes. So I hope you really enjoy it. And so without further ado, let's just get rocking and rolling. Here is David Meltzer. Super excited because I have this topic that's been on my mind forever and like the most important topic on my mind. And I saw you post about it like three days ago. So I'm like, this is going to be a perfect place to start. So the thing that's been on my mind is, you know, this whole personal development world, it seems like most people that I've interviewed and from my own life story, a lot of people make 
the transition into growth or chasing their dream out of like a moment of pain, a moment of, you know, I, I started feeling a lot of anxiety and that call, called me into action, or I was broke and that called me into action, or I had cancer and that called me into action, right? But then there's this whole world of people, and this was me for the majority of my life, which was, you know, you grew up in a good environment, you had a decent amount of money, you had a good family, and life was pretty good. You could go to college, you could get a good job, but you don't feel super stoked about it and you feel like there's something missing. And the analogy I saw you have, which is basically someone's in the middle of the cliff as opposed to like starting at the bottom. And it's this fear of, okay, I am here and I know the bottom exists and I'm scared to go there, but I want to get here. And so my, my question is kind of like, how can you have that aha moment before you wait to hit the rock bottom? And, and what does that look like? So I'm curious what your take is on that. Yeah, you know, that's how I start a lot of my speeches. I give a poll when I start saying, how many of you grew up with nothing? And half the audience raises their hand, right? They grew up broke. And I'm like, oh, I feel sorry for the rest of you. And that's exactly the point I'm trying to make, that the more difficult position is my mm -hmm. children's position than my position, because I already know what it's like to have nothing, right? And we can only know what we know. And I already know what it's like to come from nothing and to make whatever I want out of nothing. And no matter where and who you are, if you start in the middle or start at the top, you never have the confidence to know what it's like to be at the bottom with nothing until you have nothing. And sometimes, subconsciously and unconsciously, people who are in the middle or at the top, they'll self-sabotage themselves just to know what it feels like to hit rock bottom. And then they'll use that as an excuse or their story determined upon their attitude of how and what they've made of themselves. Uh, but a lot of times just the energy and the physics and the meaning of what goes on allows us to experience. So how do we, if we're at the middle or the top, how do we continue to plateau and grow? Mm, right. I don't want to live the myth of Sisyphus where you push a boulder up to the top of the hill, just have it roll down every day. <laughs> um, and these five things are applicable to whether you're at the bottom, the middle or the top. Uh, obviously those people that are at the bottom have a little bit of an advantage because they have nothing to lose. Hmm. Uh, and I always say, I'd rather have nothing to lose than everything to lose. And people that tell me, oh, well, you know, the rich get richer. I don't know. You know, I, I just have a different perspective. Uh, hmm. There is a great power in having enough to, you know, help you continue on and to stay in business. But there comes a point where, you know, you could lose it all. Hmm. And a lot of times, but these are the five things that I think help everyone. Number one, Take inventory of your values and don't be afraid of being a hypocrite. Every single day, no matter whether you're at the top, bottom, middle, or, or wherever, go ahead and take inventory of your personal values. What are my non-negotiables in life? Your experiential values, placing important on what your experiences are, situational knowledge is, who you're going to meet, the subjective value of life. Put and take advantage of the inventory of what you want to give to others, what value you want to give to others. That, in order to do so, you need to also take inventory of your capabilities, what your skills are, what your knowledge is and of what and of who, and what your desire is. Those all encompass what you can experience and give. Mm. And then finally, most importantly, receive. And so you wanna take inventories of what, of the what in life, not the why, Right? A lot of people in the middle and the top, they, they're, they don't understand. They've already been given what, so they don't think about what they want.
They just think about, oh, I need to follow my purpose and passion, you know, my why. Well, meanwhile, you already know your why is to help somebody with something to pursue your potential should be your why. You need to focus in on your what. The second thing is to ask. And this gets even more difficult for people in the middle of the top because it's not just ask how you can be of service or value. It's more importantly asking, do you know anybody that could help me? And most people's egos, they're not humble enough when they're at the middle of the top to ask for help. And that became my problem as I lived in the world of just enough. I stopped asking for help. When I had nothing, it was easy to ask for help. When I had stuff to lose, it was hard to ask for help because then I thought it would make me diminished in other people's eyes. The other ones are practical in being a student of my calendar. I believe the formula of luck, no matter what status you're at in life, is what you pay attention to, what you vote for in your life, what you give intention to, the things they do believe in your unconscious competencies. The attention plus intention equals the coincidences in your life. Formula for luck. Mm -hmm. So study, pay attention to and give intention to what you have planned, what you don't have planned in your sleep. Do it with the lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, and you will be efficient, effective, and statistically successful. You'll create compound interest, acceleration, and growth, segmentation, as I call it, in your life. The fourth thing to do as a daily practice is really easy and powerful, and this is the matter of empowered people versus entitled. Do things now. 100% of the things you do now get done. The difference between successful people and all others is successful people get stuff done. And then finally, Practice ending fear. Uh, And in order to practice ending fear, you have to, number one, identify the secondary and primary fears in your life. For me, I still have fears that I know. I identify when I have a need to be right, a need to be offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, worried, angry, uh, resentful. I identify those, and then I'm a ferocious Buddha. I'm ferocious in stopping, Mm -hmm. not accelerating in the wrong direction. I know that when I am in ego-based consciousness, when I'm in fear-based consciousness, my mind, body, and soul on fire. So I got to stop, number one, drop like a Buddha, number two, breathe through my nose, out through my mouth, pass my eyes out to the end of the universe, and get to center, get to neutrality, get that plateau and grow attitude going, and then roll in the right trajectory, right? When you're on fire, you got to stop, drop, and roll like a ferocious Buddha. And if you follow those five daily practices, no matter where you're at, you're capable of plateauing and growing, accelerating, utilizing the compound interest in life. I'll tell you a quick story Mm. is also analogous to this. So guy's at the top of the hill, right? And he runs and he slips at the top and he falls off the cliff and he's lucky. Halfway down the hill, he gets caught up on a branch. So he's hanging there, right? Hanging halfway. And he looks up and he screams, anybody up there? And God comes down. He says, yeah, I'm here. Can you help me? Sure, I can help you. What? Help me. Let go. Anybody else up there? (laughs) The guy guy that's from the bottom, he has no problem letting go. Right? If he was at the bottom, if you're on ground level, yeah, I'll let go. The guy in the middle and the top, they're afraid to let go and let God and let goodness. They're afraid to admit Mm. that they're always connected to the greatest source of light, love, and lessons at all times. And their job is to clear that connection, to create less interference and corrosion to it, to allow Mm. things to come through you, to not live in a world of not enough where the ground zero is, where everything happens to you as a victim. 
That's the problem with having nothing. Mm. Or in the middle, in a world of just enough where I've lived, where you're buying things to be happy, buying more things to be happy, buying different things to be happy, buying things you don't need to be happy, buying things to impress people you don't like to be happy. <laughs> or you can live in the abundance world of more than enough. Whether you're at the bottom, the middle, or the top, those who live in faith, in abundance, that live between, for an instant of a second, limitlessness and infinity, those who live in abundance and allow things to come through them, not to them or for them, but through them for others, there is no vertical disadvantages or advantages exist. When you live in that infinity and limitlessness, when you live in abundance, there is no altitude, there's just attitude. Mm. Man, I love that. Everything you just said was incredible. And I think what really hit me like recently in my journey was that with the first thing you said, which is like, just focus on how you can give, like just focus on how you can solve problems and be out there in the world and actually helping others, because that's kind of the first step to actually going somewhere and doing something. And then what you just said at the end there too, which was like this idea of always touching with your fears, right? The thing that I did recently was Dr. Joe Dispenza. He has like this 30 day mindset challenge where every single day you journal at night. What are the little things that popped into my head? What were the fears? What were the ego based things? What were the, you know, the, the, the judgments, all these things towards myself. And then every single day, write those down. And after two weeks, you start to write, what is the empowering version of this? And what I noticed over time is like, it just starts to compound because you start to identify like, oh, it's actually these three thoughts that really hold me back. It's actually like fear of this, judgment of this, and fear of judgment from others. And when I was able to identify those, it becomes very powerful when you can make those like micro adjustments and always be very in tune and be the ferocious Buddha, like you said. So I, I love that, man. That's freaking awesome. And kind of this from this idea of more than enough, because I, I saw that you're into this too, and I'm really interested in this as well, because my whole thing that I kind of base my podcast around and all my stuff is this idea of happiness before success. Like I love this concept because it's this idea of, you know, once you jump off the cliff for me, once I said, I don't want to go corporate, I don't want to do anything. I want to figure myself out. Well, then I do find myself at the bottom of the totem pole, right? I'm looking at people who are top of the top entrepreneurs and I'm like, okay, here I am, this 22 year old doesn't know anything. How do I find comfort in that? And what I realized was the comfort for me came from finding happiness finding self-acceptance, finding simple practices like gratitude and meditation and exercise and sleep and stuff that's like, this is my foundational pillars. And I know, you know, you have a pretty cool definition of happiness yourself. So I'm kind of curious your take on this happiness before success sort of idea and how you would define happiness and how you think those two interrelate with each other. Sure. So I actually believe happiness is enjoying the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your own potential. And if you take those five daily practices that we previously discussed and determine what your what is, right? What makes you special at 22 is you already listed out non-negotiables for yourself, your health, mm. your sleep, your meditation. These are non-negotiables that create a pursuit of your potential according to your what. And mm. no matter what your financial success is, that doesn't determine your happiness, right? Money doesn't buy happiness or love. It gives you and allows you to shop. And if you shop for the right things, you'll be happy. Well, we don't need money to shop for all the right things. Happiness allows us to have advantages in shopping for the right things. But, mm -hmm. you know, can, can money buy health? Absolutely. It gives you advantages, but you don't need money to buy health. 
right? Can it, can it buy meditation? Absolutely. You can go to the one and only in great resorts, but you don't need it, right? You can have nothing and go to meditate every day in a monk, you know, bill. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so so the, the money is, is, a, is a currency. It's an object of energy put into flow to help you get what you want, to shop for what you want, but so is faith. And you need to, by taking them into your own values, have a weighted blend according to your values, not being afraid of being a hypocrite. So when you're 23, you may change your mind and say, you know what? Wall Street's for me. I tried this out. I'm going to go try out, you know, a different blend of faith and money. Uh, but that blend can change and grow and learn with you and accelerate you in the right trajectory towards learning the lessons. Remember, mm. the great 12 lessons of Sanskrit are very basic and they're all determined upon you're given a body you're here to learn lessons the lessons will keep on coming until you learn them pain will result if you haven't learned them pain is not a stop sign it's an indicator of to move in the better direction to a better place everyone else is a mirror of yourself remember you're going to forget every lesson you've ever learned but more importantly you have the power to access every lesson at any time those are the basic laws of the universe that have been given to us since the time of writing and they still are heavily applicable today, ones in which I live by, and you should live by as well. So a weighted blend of the two currencies of money and faith will lead you to happiness if you enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. Not attaching your you know, young people like myself, we love to attach our emotions to an outcome. I'll be happy when I graduate. I'll be happy when I make my first million. I'll be happy mm. when my podcast is a top 10. I'll be happy when, no, 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 I'm happy now. I'm angling towards what I think I want hmm. and I have faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better. Listen to me one more time. I'm happy where I'm at right now. I'm going to angle towards what I think I want, but have faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better. That's it. Hmm. That's so powerful. And I love how all this research that we all do and we all go into our journeys and everything comes back to these little simple things, right? These oh, little simple concepts. And I, it always blows my mind. I'm like, really? I study this for two years to come back to like this little conclusion, but it's just, it's just in my head now. So let I, let me blow your mind. Let me blow your mind. So <laughs> obviously I do a lot of content. I speak around the world. Right. I've best selling books. I have TV shows, movies, podcasts is one of the top ones. You can't give me something I haven't done in content the two things that have changed more people's lives that I teach are two things that I learned before I was three years old. Number one, say thank you. You say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up, your life will change. Say it every single day, right? And the other one is ask, hmm. right? Think about it. When you're a little boy, <laughs> somebody told you, hey, make sure that you say thank you. And someone said, you need to ask, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two most powerful lessons out of all the thousands of people that contact me to say, I changed their life. I've inspired them for great things and abundance and expansion, but they're always going back to the, Oh, thank you so much for telling me to say, thank you. Thank you. I'm asking now. This is amazing. And I think to myself, all the things I've written, all the <laughs> podcasts, 20 years of free training, right? All the free training, everything I've done. And yet I could have taught when I was in kindergarten, these two concepts and change people's lives way back then. Yeah. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Um, I know we got a few minutes left here, but I do want to ask this, you know, so let's just keep following this storyline. You know, someone takes the, the jump, they're finding happiness. And the next question for all these kids, like who are in high school or college or recent grad is like, all right, well, what is the first step to making money? And I know that you've made a lot of money, lost it, made it all back. 
So is there any like simple tips you have people when it comes to like actually now, all right, we still have to make money on this journey. What are some simple tips we can abide by to be able to do that? You know, the simplest one is to find someone economically that sits in the situation you want to be in and ask them how to get it or help you get it. That's literally, can you help me get it? Do you know anyone that can help me or ask? I mean, why try to reinvent the wheel? So I guess so many real estate questions and they're very particular to commercial, residential, renting, buying, you know, whatever the situations mm -hmm. are. I'm like, and, and, and there's so many areas of like just Orange County, the situation would be different depending on what county you're in, what neighborhood you're in. Right. My advice would be no good at the neighborhood next door. So I'm like, no, no, find someone that's been there 30 or 40 years working within the context of what you want to do and ask them one simple question. Tell me when it's overbought or oversold. So you'll know what to do. If real estate's overbought, you sell it. If it's oversold, you buy it. This is not rocket science, but too many people are afraid to ask for help, afraid, and they're not more interested than interesting in finding the person that sits in the situation that they want to be in, especially when it's determined by economics. And also, if you want to just make money, then go ahead and find something and pre-sell it. Hmm. I know this is a base, we talked about simple shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gary, Gary talks about it all the time. And right. all he's doing, you know, whether it's baseball cards, basketball cards, swap meet shit or garage sale stuff, Whatever, all he's doing is pre-selling, right? It's the mm -hmm. oldest game in the book of making money. If I have something pre-sold for $100, right? And I can buy it for 40, I just made 60 bucks. Right. Right, so connect the dots backwards, find things. And the cool thing about the internet is you can find a lot of things pre-sold because there's a lot of requests as well as a lot of data in order to effectuate what something mm. will sell instantly for, like on eBay, buy now. Right. right, right, right. Literally. <laughs> I mean, literally. And you can search both sides of it. People are just lazy. I promise you, if you spend 20 hours in one day just looking for things that are pre-sold and then searching for what you can buy it for and negotiating hard to buy it for a bigger margin, you'll make more money than most people make in a day. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, to close, I want to ask you, I know that your mission is to empower a billion people. Over. And over a billion people. Sorry, I don't want to limit you. I know yeah, it's a consistent, persistent pursuit, right? I got that. Um, and so, you know, a lot of kids are looking for ways to be guided through this time. And I know you have a free training on Friday. So do you want to just touch on that? And just, Thank I think you. people could really benefit from that. Thank you. Yeah. Every Friday for over 20 years, I've been doing free trainings at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time. They're online now. We had over 20,000 people registered last Friday. That's my most downloaded podcast as well. So if you miss it, I know Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific are tough for some people, but mm. the podcast is available. The playbook is free as well. It's featured on Spotify. It's featured, featured on Entrepreneur, entrepreneur.com. I'm the number one podcast on there. So check it out. You can get it for free. If you need my books, exercises, guides, just email me, david at dmeltzer.com. I also have a text community. So text me, 949-298-2905, david at dmeltzer.com, 949-298-2905. I appreciate the opportunity to share. Thank you, everyone. Remember, most importantly, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Awesome, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your your wisdom with me. It means a lot. And I'm looking forward to keep following your journey, brother. Thanks for your support. I look forward to bringing all your friends, family, and associates. I'm open for help. Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. Cheers. Be well.
Cheers. Talk to you soon. Keep up the good work. All right, my fellow students, there it was, the interview with David Meltzer. I hope that you got a lot of value out of this. David has had a lot of pretty crazy life experiences, so all the stuff that he shares with us is very powerful um, because, again, he's been through a lot. He's been at the top of the top, the bottom of the bottom, and he's learned a lot about happiness and success throughout that process. So once again, take out your phone, open up the notes, And as I always say, write down the most important thing that you learned from this interview that you want to take away with you. I want every single interview to leave you with an actionable item, something to think about, something to ponder, or some way you can grow in your life. So make sure you do that. And as always, you can share it with me if you would like on any social media platform. Or as I've been saying recently, you can just text me. My number is 612 Seven one zero four six zero five. I love hearing from the listeners and what they're getting from these episodes. And finally, as I've been saying at the end of every episode, my goal is to be able to provide more value to every listener. And I have been offering free 30-minute phone calls to anybody who wants to talk about their dreams or talk about how they can implement new things into their lives. I've already had a lot of people reach out and it's been really fun to be able to talk to and really engage with the audience and just to help you more on your journey because I don't have a lot of people helping me on mine. And so if you're interested in doing that, once again, my number is 612-710-4605. Don't be afraid to reach out. So with that being said, people, go out there, make your dreams a reality, and I will see you next time.